Welcome to Talking Mopars episode number eight. On today's show, we're going to close out 2019 talking Project Car of the Week, listener stories, and I'm finally going to talk about my other Mopar project, a 1976 Dodge D100 pickup truck, right here on the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Here we are, folks, the last episode of Talking Mopars for the year. 2020 is upon us, and what can we expect? I'll tell you what you can expect. You can expect more episodes of High Performance Heritage where we go in-depth on a Mopar from history and just talk about that specific car or truck and really get into the the nitty-gritty and the fun details of those vehicles. Also, what we have in store and what I am probably most excited about is direct connections. I cannot wait to talk to other Mopar enthusiasts and have conversations just talking about our passion for Mopars. That's going to be really fun, and I think that's going to take this show to the next level. And the best part is, we've only just begun. This week's Project Car of the Week is actually a truck. Now, I ran across this truck when looking locally on Craigslist for Mopars for sale, and I ran across an ad that said truck for sale, $550, and I was like, huh, okay. Click on it. Just so happens to be a 1978 Dodge D100 short bed. And, you know, looking at the truck, I mean, other than needing paint, it looks pretty solid, needs a front bumper. It only has three pictures, and none of them are very good. And the description of the ad is as follows. 1978 Dodge D100, $550 or best offer. The only other information we have from this ad is obtained from the sidebar. The sidebar is a good place to get extra information that was not placed in the description of the ad. So in this particular case, the seller gives us a a little bit more. So all the extra information is as follows. Condition, seller puts good. Cylinders, eight. So it's a V8. Drive, it's rear-wheel drive. So here's an interesting tidbit of information for Dodge trucks. If you see a D in front of the number, like in this case, it's a D100, that designates this truck as a two-wheel drive. If you see a W in front of the number, then that means four-wheel drive. Moving on. Fuel is gas. Uh, Diesels were really rare in these trucks, so most likely you're only going to see gas. Paint color, he puts gray. Now, if you look at the pictures, this thing is all sorts of different colors. It's grays and blues and rusts and browns. and (laughs) So take the paint for what it is. It's just a description. Title status, he puts clean. So it's got a clean title. That's good. Transmission automatic. So we have a V8 automatic D100 short bed, which is a pretty desirable truck in the tin grill Dodge community. Tin grill? What's a tin grill, Chris? You've probably heard me toss that term around once or twice. A tin grill Dodge truck is the nickname for these trucks, which was coined by Paul up in Canada from the tin grill Dodge trucks group on Facebook. It's a huge group. It's got like 15,000 people in it. And they're all fans of the 1972 to 1980 trucks, which we affectionately call tin grills. So if you hear me refer to a tin grill Dodge truck, that's what I'm talking about. 72 to 80. Now, if you're into these trucks, go check out tin grill Dodge trucks on Facebook. It's a great group. Lots of 
tin grillers. That's what we call them, tin grillers. There's a lot of tin grillers there and lots of opinions too, so be careful with that. Uh, you got guys there that only like their trucks lifted, only like their trucks stock, only like their trucks lowered, or any combination of the above. I like them all. I don't discriminate when it comes to tin grills. I think they're all cool, but other other people don't feel the same way. Anyways, Paul does a really good job of keeping that group in line, so you won't see anything but 72 to 80 Dodge trucks and Plymouth Trail Dusters on there, and if you do, it won't be there for long because Paul will put the axe on that. That's a shout out to Paul. How you doing, Paul? Hope you're listening to this episode. Check out Tin Grill Dodge Trucks on YouTube. That channel just started, so if you're just getting into these trucks, great resource for information is Tin Grill Dodge Trucks. So subscribe to their YouTube, join the group, and you know get your information together. So back to this truck. This truck is a great starting point for somebody who maybe doesn't have a huge budget. Start with a $550 truck, and it's our best offer. You might be able to get this thing for a few hundred bucks, okay? So not only do you have a decent truck to start with or a decent platform to build, it's only 500 bucks. You know what I mean? So if you just build an engine for it and you decide later on down the road because the truck actually has more rust than you originally thought, Maybe you can find another truck and use this one as a donor, or so you could take two trucks and make one really nice one, or you could part out the truck, save the motor, and go get yourself a different project. Maybe you're an E-body guy, or an A-body guy, or a B-body guy, or anybody guy, and you want a different vehicle. The great thing about this truck is it is a desirable truck, so if you decide down the line, I'm just going to sell this truck, you know, maybe you fix it up a little bit you know, put some money into it and maybe you can double your initial investment, you know, 500 bucks. Maybe you can make a thousand on it, you know, sell it for 1500. But you have the engine that you can take and put in a different project. Now, that's not the direction I would go. Personally, this is what I would do. I would buy the truck, get it running and driving. The paint isn't a cool patina. It's, you know, it's pretty nasty. So I would probably get it, get the body work done. You know, it doesn't have to be professional. If you just get it driver quality, you have a fun little truck. You know, for 550 bucks to start, that's a great starting point. It looks like an old workhorse. So it is a 78 D100. It does look pretty solid from the pictures. A lot of these trucks, you can look at the cab corners and the rocker, the bottom portions of the truck, like on the fenders and on the bed, and you can usually see rot right away. Another place that I've seen these trucks like to rot is right on that top roof line at the top of the windshield. I've seen them rot out there a lot. But this thing looks really solid. For 500 bucks, you're really going to complain about what shape it's in? Shut up. Go buy the truck, put an engine in it, and go have some fun. You know what I mean? That's a great buy. So this truck is posted on Facebook right now uh, on the Mopar Hunter page. So if you like project cars and you want to see more cars and trucks like this, follow me on Facebook at the Mopar Hunter. If you're looking for a cheap entry into the world of Mopar as far as projects go, I think this truck is an excellent candidate, and it's the cheapest project car of the week we've had ever. So that's got to say something. I really want to call this guy, get some more information about this truck, because this is a steal. I'm just looking at it, and I'm thinking to myself, $500. It's got $500 worth of parts on it. This truck is a great deal. Someone needs to buy this truck today. or best offer. 
This week's listener story fits this episode really well, since we're clearly having a tin grill theme this week. Um, the project truck was legitimately unintentional. It just happened to be um, the best project vehicle uh, that I found for the right price. But I did intend to tell this story as well as the story of my D100. So this week's listener story was submitted by a gentleman named Kyle. And he's a college student, and he just so happens to have a tin grill of his own. So let's get into Kyle's story. Hello, Mr. Mopar Hunter. My name is Kyle, and I'm a junior in college this year in Wisconsin. Many of my relatives have new and classic Mopars, and I always wanted a project of my own. Last year, I purchased a 1973 D100 Stepside from an older gentleman who bought it only a few years old. It had been sitting in his shed for 13 years when he decided to have his son posted on Craigslist. When I reached out to him in the dead of winter last year, he said we could wait for spring and the truck would not be going anywhere. But I couldn't wait. We jumped in my friend's truck with a trailer in tow and made the two-hour trek to purchase this truck. Upon arrival, it was a little rougher than the seller had led me to believe. The truck was repainted in the mid-1990s, and it wasn't holding up very well. But looking through the chipped and flaking paint, I could see the potential. Although the engine was not running, it did turn over with jumper cables. I heard the distinct sound of a classic Mopar starter, and I knew I'd be taking it home. After a little negotiating, I handed the seller $1,000, and we pushed it onto the trailer. With a few months of time and a little bit of money, I had the truck running for summer. My friends and I cruised it around all summer and fall, and I even drove it across the state to a buddy's cabin. I put a four-barrel intake and carb, mild cam, and some long tube headers on it to help wake up the 318. This winter, I have started the bodywork. I plan to learn as I go with the help of my dad's experience along the way. I plan to reshoot the truck its factory yellow color and continue driving it for many years. I've been listening to your podcast for a few weeks now after stumbling across the first episode. I love the listener project section and I'm able to live vicariously through them while I'm at school. Keep up the awesome show. Thank you, Kyle. P.S. I've attached a picture of my truck. Can't wait for the episode when you talk about your D100. Thanks for sharing your story, Kyle, and I've got great news. Not only am I sharing the story of my D100 on this episode, but the project car of the week is a D100, and we're sharing your story, buddy. It's always fun to hear a story about somebody who gets pumped about a project, and that sounds exactly like what happened to you. I really liked your persistence when the seller told you that you could wait until spring, and you're like, nope, going to get it now. That's awesome. That's dedication, man. I really like that. I love hearing stories about people going to pick up their project Mopars. I think it's great. I love hearing the story of finding the car or truck, going and getting it, bringing it home, and then, you know, your plans for it. Those are always fun stories. Kyle, I wish you the best of luck with your D100. Keep me posted. I'm looking at the picture right now. It looks like a really nice truck. It wasn't until 2015 when I realized how much of a following these trucks had. I've been obsessed ever since. I think these trucks are awesome, and I'm really happy that people are starting to catch on. And, I mean, much to the detriment of the enthusiasts of these trucks, because now they're getting a little bit higher in price. But, you know, they're still out there. You can still find them. A lot of people still don't understand what kind of potential these trucks have. And that's fine. If they don't know, then we can still get them for pretty cheap. So good luck, Kyle, with your project. I can't wait to see what happens with it. Keep me posted. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you end up doing to it. Thanks for sending in your story. I've mentioned on this podcast that in addition to my project car, Dart, 
I also have a Project Truck, a 76 Dodge D100. And this is the story of a truck that I call Lopar. By this portion of the episode, you probably already know that I call 1972 to 1980 Dodge trucks tin grills. It's the affectionate name that was coined by my friend Paul for these trucks. And I've always liked them, but I never actually considered buying one for a project until I saw one at a car show that changed my mind entirely. It was the same month that I started the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, and I was at a good guy's car show in Puyallup, Washington when I saw a tin grill that really inspired me to get one for myself. I was going, so these shows are so big that what I do, typically, unless something catches my eye, I just focus on the Mopars, and I go Mopar to Mopar taking pictures, um, sometimes talking to owners. So I was going Mopar to Mopar checking out the cars and taking pictures when I saw a green and white tin grill that had the coolest concept I had ever seen on an old Dodge truck. What the owner did was he made it a tribute to Mr. Norm's Grand Spalding Dodge. And what I mean by that is he lettered this truck up to look like an old shop truck with weathered-looking door logos and other patinaed, you know, weathered-look lettering on the tailgate, fenders, and bed. Uh, another cool little detail was that he had the little Grand Spalding-style cartoon ram on the front of the fenders. So if you didn't know any better when you saw this truck, you would think it was a legitimate truck from Grand Spalding Dodge. So it looked like if Mr. Norm had a shop truck or a parts truck, this is what he would drive, or this is what the parts runner would drive. So for me, being a big fan of Mr. Norm and his work, I was absolutely blown away by this truck. It was so cool. I was just drooling over it, taking pictures, and just thinking to myself, wow, what? an awesome idea. And it was executed so well. The patina on the lettering and just the truck as a whole was done very well. And it remains one of my favorite trucks to this very day. Uh, I briefly spoke with the owner and expressed my love for this truck to him and told him what an amazing, you know, what an amazing build he accomplished. I actually thought it was a real Mr. Norm truck. Like, looking at it, like, you could have told me that that's really Grand Spaulding's shop truck. I would have believed you. That's how good this was done. The owner of the truck, his name's Murray. Uh, he's from British Columbia, Canada. He came up with the concept and built the truck as a tribute to Grand Spaulding Dodge and Mr. Norm. And let me just say that he absolutely nailed it. This truck was great. I would go as far as to say that I've never been so affected by any other truck in my life. Out of all the trucks I've seen that are really cool, this truck left the biggest impact on me. I, I'm i not just saying that for dramatic effect. Everything about the truck was awesome. And without getting into too much detail about it, because I'm actually friends with Murray now, and I plan on having him on a Direct Connections episode of this show. So I, what I will say is the truck was a beautiful two-tone J3 Citroen metallic green with white, tastefully lowered with a strong little 360 V8 in it. It had 20-inch foose wheels and had some really cool other touches like a custom front lip spoiler that was tucked nicely under the front bumper, which was actually custom. The front bumper was actually customized to house two round amber marker lights, which I thought was a really cool detail because it's, you know, details like that a lot of people would overlook. But if you really know these trucks, you go, oh, that's 
that's pretty cool. I've never seen that done before. So that was pretty cool. And I, I was never really a expert on these trucks. So the little things that stood out to somebody who was familiar, I was familiar with them, wasn't an expert. But there were certain little things about the truck that were just standing out. And at first, looking at it, I was like, there's something about this truck that's completely different. And the more you looked at it, the more little things you would see. So he also had a rear bumper, the uh, the non-step chrome rear bumper from a Ram Charger. And it was nicely tucked into the bed, which, you know, is another cool little detail. The The details of the truck are just really cool. And Murray actually even had a custom dealer sticker made that was weathered to match the rest of the patina look on the truck. So on the on the tailgate, on the corner, the upper corner of the tailgate of this truck, it had a black and white Grand Spalding Dodge Chicago, Illinois sticker. And it was perfectly weathered to look like it had been on this truck since the mid 70s. I thought it was so cool. The truck is a 1978 Dodge D100. And when I saw it originally, it actually had a 72 grill on it. Because, sorry, Murray, if this is a big secret, but good guys had a year cutoff. So, in order, Murray's truck's a 78, and at the time, they weren't letting cars that new into the show. So, he puts a 72 grill on it, and voila, he's in. So, he snuck his way in, and that's okay. That that show was better having that truck in it. So, you know, if good guys ever gets word of that, hey, good guys, relax, okay? They actually, they upped the year range. I'm sure it was because a lot of the GM guys, you know, the C10 guys and those G-body guys, they were probably crying and moaning about not being able to get their C10s in and their their little G-bodies in. So now it's up to like 87. So if you have anything pre-87, you can take it to that show. Anyways, let's get back to subject here. I've never seen another build quite like it. And I don't know if it's just because I'm a Mopar nostalgia guy or what, but I, the truck is just awesome. I'm actually, I'm going to post more pictures of this truck, but it's so cool. It deserves more views. So be sure to check that out. I think I'm going to have to carve my own path and do my own thing with my truck. But I will say that it will remain one of my favorite trucks to this day. Murray has a great eye for design. And he actually does really killer design work. He did a rendering for me for my blue truck, which I, I'll also share a picture of that because it's just so cool. And custom renderings of your own vehicles are just really cool things to have um, to display at car shows or just to even have on your wall for display because, hey, that's your car. And it just it just looks awesome. I wish I had the talent that Murray and other designers have when they render cars especially when they do it by hand and then digitize it, or even just by hand. That's just a talent that, unfortunately, I don't have, but I have the utmost respect for people that do. And Murray's very good at it. And he's had stuff featured in magazines. Um, I know I've seen a rendering of his on a very popular TV show. If you want renderings of your vehicles done or a really good render of your vehicle done, you can find Murray on Instagram and Facebook, and I'll put his social media links in the episode details for you so you can find him. But I'll tag him in the pictures of his truck and the rendering of my truck, because I'm also going to post that. So I'll tag him in those, and you can find him uh, that way as well. That may be easier. But Murray actually ended up selling that truck, and unfortunately, I had no idea it was for sale, or I probably would own it because I would have figured out a way to buy it. But the gentleman who has it now, has changed a couple things 
and to each their own. But now I have my own truck to turn into something really special. But now I have my own truck to turn into something really special. So I'm really excited about it. And seeing Murray's truck inspired me enough to tell myself that on that day, I realized that I would have a tin grill of my own someday come hell or high water. And that's exactly what happened. It just took nearly three years for me to find the right one. There were a couple more tin grills that I had seen in person and online that I drew inspiration from, but Murray's can take that Grand Spaulding tribute truck, that Mr. Norm's tribute truck can take sole credit for the inspiration to go find my own tin grill. The search was actually really tough because unlike other trucks, the production numbers on these Dodge trucks were far less than that of the other two of the big three, so Fords and Chevys. Typically, when you find these trucks, they're hammered and rusted. But if you find the right one, you can have a fun little truck with minimal initial investment because a lot of people don't understand that these trucks are starting to get you know, more desirable. So the people that have them, you know, as far as they're concerned, that's just the old that's just the old truck they take to do dump runs and stuff every once in a while. But these trucks make really good project vehicles, and you can still get them for pretty cheap. I mean, project car of the week was a truck, and it was $550, and it looked pretty complete. So if you're looking for a Mopar project, you know, consider the trucks. They're cool, and you can still get a lot of them for a decent price. So don't discount a Dodge truck for a good project Mopar. When I left that show that day after looking at Murray's truck and being so inspired, I immediately got on the hunt and I looked at quite a few of these trucks and even knocked on some doors of folks that had them sitting in their driveway or in their yard, but nothing ever panned out. Then in the winter of 2017, I saw a blue 1976 D100 on OfferUp, which, you know, if you don't know about OfferUp, it's a decent app to find cars and trucks if you didn't already know, uh, aside from Craigslist. It's also a good resource for parts. But my truck was listed for $4,000, and it was two-tone, blue and white, with the clearance lights on the top of the cab. It had white steel wheels with vented poverty caps. It also had a slant six and a 904 torque flight automatic, and it was slammed to the ground. The truck had been lowered with a three-link air ride setup, Now, when I set out looking for a tin grill, I never even considered a truck that had air ride because I was intending on building a muscle truck, but there was something about the look of this truck that really piqued my interest. I absolutely loved the look, and it was actually the first truck since I saw Murray's that really moved me. I There was something about a short box, two-wheel drive, two-tone, lowered truck with clearance lights on top. That's the funny part about this truck is it's slammed and it has clearance lights on the roof of the cab. It's it's really funny. I, I thought the look was great. Here's where things got tough. I didn't have $4,000 to even consider buying this truck. I only had two grand. So not wanting to be a lowballer and thinking the guy wouldn't even entertain an offer one half of what he was asking, I saved the ad and just kept looking. Hopefully, he'd lower the price. If he still had it, I expected it to be gone because that's how cool the truck... When I saw that truck, I was like, ooh, God, why didn't... I I thought 
what can I do to get an extra 2000 because I got to go look at this truck. But I saved the ad and I just kept looking and days are going by and I still went and checked on the truck just to see if he still had it and see if it had been sold and it was still for sale. Then weeks went by, still for sale. Finally, with $2,000 burning a hole in my pocket and no luck with any other trucks, I decided to contact the owner about the truck. After a few questions, he says it would be better if he called me and we talked on the phone. So I respect any seller that says that because you can get a lot from talking to someone on the phone. And I usually reach out with a text first. If I don't get a response, then I'll try contacting them um, via phone, like calling them instead of text. Uh, I just find text to be more convenient for some reason. But I also understand that we live in a day and age where everything's text and not many people want to talk on the phone anymore. And you can actually get to know a person a little bit better and what kind of a seller or buyer they are by talking to them on the phone. So I always promote that, even though I usually initiate first contact with text. But getting back to the call, I talked to him and I asked all the questions I wanted to ask. And the owner seemed like a good guy, but I didn't want to make a commitment to go look at the truck yet because. I only had two grand. So I told him I'd think about it and would probably call him back either in my head. I'm thinking either when I get another $2,000 or when I get the balls to offer him half of his asking price. So I didn't actually schedule a time to go look at it. I just told him that I'd call him back. When you're chasing down any type of vehicle for a project and you start hitting dead ends every time and you start striking out, because that's what I was doing with these other trucks. I was striking out. But this little blue truck was right there every time. It was like the little blue truck was the shoulder I would cry on after another deal fell through. I'd be like, well, I guess, you know, there's still you, but, you know, you're double what I have in my pocket. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw my $2,000 at the wall and see if it sticks. So I had been watching this truck on OfferUp since the end of 2017. It was winter time when I first saw it. And it was like the beginning of 2018 when I reached out. And by the time I reached out for the second time to talk to the seller and make an offer, we were already a third of the way into 2018. It was already April. The truck wasn't selling. And this is when I came to the conclusion that maybe this was my opportunity to make an offer. So I asked the owner if he would entertain $2,000 cash on the condition that I could drive the truck home. On our first phone call, I learned that the owner installed the air ride and then lost interest in the truck, and it sat for three years in a storage facility that, funny enough, was kind of like an old stable, but uh, I no, don't worry, I won't call it a barn find. It was, I just thought it was funny that it was, it was stored in a facility that was old horse stables that were basically converted into storage units. I thought that was funny, but the owner's response wasn't exactly what I expected, um, but I was happy when he simply said, hey, come and look. So with $2,000 in my pocket, I headed up to look at the truck, which was up in Mount Vernon. So it's roughly 30 miles north of where I live. And the whole drive, I was thinking to myself that three years wasn't that long. You know, it was sitting for three years, but it was a slant six. You know, there's absolutely no way the truck wouldn't run. (laughs) You know, that's what in my head, because I'm thinking, you know, it wasn't stored outside. It was running when it parked. They always say that. Um, But I was taking him on his word. And when I got there, you know, I got out of the truck, met the guy. He opens the, 
you know, the door, the barn door, <laughs> and there's the truck. And as soon as I saw it, I knew that that truck was going to be mine. So the exact opposite feeling I got when I looked at the $500 truck, I had when I looked at this blue truck. I looked at it and I said, oh, yeah, it's everything that it was in the pictures. And looking at it, it was exactly the way he had described. You know, I asked him about the rust. He said, you know, it's got surface rust here and there. And the driver floor pan is pretty bad. So I saw that and I was like, okay, yeah, it can be patched. No big deal. Just some simple, just some simple patches would take care of that. And, you know, I'm just pumped. I'm looking at this truck and I have that. Okay. No matter what happens, I'm buying this thing. I had that attitude. So I was already doomed. (laughs) I was already doomed when I saw it, but I got there knowing I was going to buy it. And after looking at it and saying that I'd take it, if I could drive it away, the owner went home, got the title. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure that he thought I was just a tire kicker and wasn't actually going to buy it. So he left the title at home. Um, I went to the store. I went to get some coolant, a battery, and a hose clamp for a leaky fuel line. And we ended up, you know, firing the truck up after a few times. And we ended up firing the truck up after a few tries. And the air ride still worked. But by the time I bought this truck, the air ride system that was installed was basically antiquated. <laughs> It was already a few years old and, you know, with car parts and stuff, especially with like custom stuff like air ride suspension, the technology improves every year. So this was like the cheapest stuff you could get at the time that the truck was put on air ride. So fast forward a few years and everything's changed. So I was looking at the air ride system and I'm like, okay, all this has to go. This all has to be updated. But The look of the truck is what I was buying. I wanted the blue truck with the clearance lights, with, you know, the two-tone, blue and white, uh, with steel wheels, with the vented poverty caps. I just thought it was, I just thought it had the right look for exactly what I was looking for. So I knew it was mine. We got it started. We got the air ride working. We pull it out of the barn. Oh, oh, there, I I did it. I I called it a barn. (laughs) We pull it out of the storage and the truck ran. But you could tell it was pretty tired, and we pulled it out into the sunlight for the first time in three years, and it was idling on its own. So I looked him dead in the eye and said, all right, let's do this paperwork. And I handed over the cash, and we did the paperwork thing, and I was ready to go. I was driving this sucker home. It was coming home with me. I didn't even leave the property before the previous owner texted me. Like, when everything was signed and I was taken off. Like, I guess he texted me before I even left the driveway and I didn't even, I didn't even care. I was, I was home. I was going home (laughs) and with this truck and I wish I had seen his text because what the text said was, Hey, lift the rear. You see, when we exited the driveway, my wife went in front of me and I was exiting to basically, she was stopping when she got out onto the road and I was going to pull in front of her. And when I did, I kind of, you know, the slant six was a little tired and this was a little bit of an incline. So I kind of hit the throttle a little bit, getting used to the truck. And as I came up onto the road, you know, that little incline, I guess the air ride. So I wanted to be cool. Okay. So when I left, I kept it low, not all the way slammed, but I kept it low. And the problem was I had the rear too low. (laughs) So the previous owner was like, lift the rear. And I didn't even know he texted me. And as soon as I got up and out, 
I heard BAM! And I was like, oh God, <laughs> what was that? So I was on the street and driving my new pride and joy. I was ecstatic, but I was a little worried at what that bang was. But I thought, I'll figure it out later. I'm stoked right now. I mean, after all, here I am adding a tin grill to my very tiny Mopar collection, which was now at two classic Mopars strong. So the truck was going to look great next to my Dart. It was going to look amazing if I could actually make it home. (laughs) I remember the owner telling me a couple of things that I probably should have paid a little bit more attention to after we got the truck running, but I was so happy that I found a truck and that I was driving it home that what he was telling me was kind of going in one ear and out the other, which was bad. (laughs) Stupid move on my part. So he told me that the truck didn't like the freeway and something about the wrong gears in the rear and the center link of the air suspension was welded to the cross member and apparently it was going to break at some point. It was only a matter of time. You know, like I said, in one ear out the other, I'm like, I'm going to address all that stuff anyway. No big deal. I'll get this thing home and we'll get a closer look at it because I, I just knew that, you know, when you see a vehicle that you want, if you're taking it home, at least I do. It was same feeling I got with my dart, same feeling I got with this truck. I just knew they were coming home with me. These thoughts immediately entered my mind as I drove away. These thoughts of, oh yeah, what did he say about that? Oh yeah, that's right. Ooh, so I can't take the freeway. And gosh, I hope that third link, that center link on the suspension doesn't break as I'm driving this thing home. And then, you know, I'm driving this thing. And another thing I noticed really quick was that this 40 plus year old truck had very sloppy steering, and the brakes were not very good. I really should have tested those before I drove this thing on the road. That's exactly what I thought, and I was like, oh man, I'm a really excited idiot, and I didn't check those brakes, and now I'm in too deep and committed to the drive home. (laughs) The first time I hit the brake, I was coming into this corner, and and where I got this truck was out in like farm country, so it's nice, nice, smooth, turns in the road and my wife's behind me and she doesn't know what's transpiring inside the cab of this truck. Me, you know, I am, all my nether regions are clinched really tight because I was really worried at this point. I was like, okay, so the steering is really sloppy. We're going into a corner and the brakes are not very good. So I'm getting into this corner and I'm making the turn and I'm trying to slow the thing down because by that time I had picked up speed because once I got on the road, I started to slowly accelerate thinking that, you know, it, it had been three years since this thing was on the road. I would slowly accelerate it up to speed. And then once I hit 30 miles an hour, I was like, well, let's see what this thing can do. So I kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, not because it was fast, but because it had been sitting for so long. So I kind of wanted to, you know, let it breathe a little bit. So I'm up to about 40 miles an hour. And I'm coming to this corner that's not really, you know, it's not a 90 degree corner or anything crazy. It's like a swooping corner, but I had to slow down and I went to push in the brake and that sucker went right to the floor. (laughs) So I'm like, oh gosh. So I start pumping and I get just enough pressure to slow me down to basically hang on for dear life. And this is at slow speeds, you know, but 
I like to live dangerously, and this thing was dangerous, and I feel like a fool. <laughs> you know, driving this thing, I'm like, God, I'm stupid. So the first time I hit the brake pedal, immediately it goes to the floor. Very cool. <laughs> so I got pressure, slowed the thing down, and it was at this point that I thought, maybe I should just pull over and have this thing towed home. And then the little devil on my right shoulder said, nah, let's live dangerously. So <laughs> that was that. and. I get to the first major intersection off of the old farming road, and there's a gas station across the street. And then I was reminded that, oh, yeah, didn't he say something about the gas? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, he said that he doesn't know how much gas is in it and basically not sure if the fuel gauge is accurate because I'm looking at the fuel gauge and I'm like, okay, it's on E. He doesn't know how much fuel was put in it. I better stop for fuel. So I stop for fuel and I go inside and, oh, I checked. I did pop the hood and I checked all the fluids to make sure everything was good. It wasn't. <laughs> I was short on transmission fluid, which would explain why it was shifting funny or not shifting at all. And I did have a minor heart attack when I noticed something hanging down from the rear of the truck as because when it was filling up with fuel, like it was kind of doing a walk around and just checking everything out. And I see something hanging from underneath the truck. And I thought, oh, God. And the bang that I had heard leaving the driveway was my passion. The bang that I heard leaving the driveway was my passenger side rear shock. Apparently, I hit that bump hard enough to break the bottom of the shock clean off. And it was just hanging on for dear life for the ride home. Nice. So I talked to my wife and said, hey, if I pull over, that means I'm towing this thing home. And the look on her face said it all. The look on her face said, what kind of POS did you buy? <laughs> and she probably knew by the dumb look of both excitement and complete worry on my face that I had enough on my plate. And she didn't want, you know, to tell me what a horrible purchase I had just made. So fair enough. I, I could read her face. So we've been together for 12 years. I know I know what's on her mind. So I'm like, OK, uh, in like we're looking at each other and in my eyes. Like, you know how you can speak with your eyes. I'm looking at my wife, and I'm basically speaking through my eyes going, I know what you're thinking. I know it too, and we're going to go ahead and deal with this now. <laughs> so I jump in the truck, and we take this truck all the way back the 30 miles home. It was nerve-wracking and also the most fun I had had in recent memory. The truck made it the 30 miles. I had a blast driving it just because I was just so excited to have it. I was like, you know what? This is cool. I don't care what I have to fix on this thing. It's going to be fun. So I was really excited about that. And I only had one scare of the drive home. And that was when I saw a sheriff and realized that, oh, yeah, I have no license plates on this thing. I had no plates on the truck at all. So thankfully, I had the suspension lifted. Um, once we left the gas station, I was like, I better just ride this thing as high as it can go. So I lifted the air suspension to astronomical heights. And to anyone else on the road, this was just an old POS farm truck. And the sheriff didn't even see me, so that's good. So as my friend Paul from the Tin Grill Dodge Trucks group would say, I was tin cognito. <laughs> so I made it home, and then the work began. First, I cleaned up the truck, and then I started doing all the typical tune-up work on it. And you know, the truck had some electrical issues. It was running great for the first couple months I had it. And then it just started having electrical issues. And I was chasing all these little 
gremlins all around. And when it was running, it seemed to idle very good until it did. <laughs> to make a long story a little bit shorter, the truck now has a tune-up, a new carb, and is currently undergoing a full rewire, which is taking a lot, and I do mean a lot longer than I had originally thought it would, mostly because I've been distracted lately. We just had a new baby back in June, and I have other Mopar-related projects like this podcast, so my time is limited, but I really need to get back out and work on that truck. Um, So right now the truck is down, but not out for the count. My current plans are to get the truck running right and get all the electrical sorted out and then address the air ride setup, which needs to be completely modernized and set up differently. So I'm going to be doing that. I also picked up a Gen 3 5.7 Hemi out of an 06 charger for $100, (laughs) which is complete. I have the whole wiring harness. I got everything for it. The engine blew a head gasket. So that's the only thing that's wrong with it. So I'm going to do a rebuild on that. I want the Hemi under the hood, you know, being kind of a patinaed truck with a modern Hemi under the hood on air ride. I think that'll be fun. You know, nothing crazy, just something fun for me to drive because I want this to be my daily driver. You know, a little rust repair here and there, and I'm going to drive this thing till the wheels fall off. I was so inspired by Murray's Grand Spalding tribute truck that I decided when I finally got one of these trucks that I would make it look like an old shop truck with, you know, the weathered lettering similar to Murray's, only mine wouldn't be a Mr. Norm tribute. It was going to be a tribute to the Mopar Hunter. But as time went on, I started this podcast and I've come to the realization that this truck will now be the promotional vehicle for the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth talking Mopars. So that's the plan for the truck. It's going to be the promo vehicle for talking Mopars. And that does it for this episode, my friends. I'll see you next year right here. Have a fun and safe new year, and we'll talk again in 2020. I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind. For more information about the show or to reach me, please go to TalkingMopars.com. 